Let me get this straight. You took your Adventures League character to a convention, attended Fei Chen's exotic fair, and bought four goats, a crab, a sea otter, a parrot, a miniature frog hemoth, an allosaurus, and a giant three-toed sloth. Now you want to roll initiative for each of them? Before you do that, have each of them roll a saving throw against a fireball cast by the invisible wizard during the surprise round. Oh, they all died? What a shame. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Grognards. I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Hawley. And I'm Greg Ziegler. And we are joined today in in the studio with a special guest. Eric, why don't you uh, introduce our guest? Yeah, this is my uh, friend Dan Webb, who I game with, and he's uh, part of my monthly and bi-weekly gaming group. And Dan's an old-time D&D player. Why don't you tell us, uh, say hi, and tell us about your pedigree, Dan. Hey, everyone. Yeah, I'm Dan. Thanks for welcoming me here, guys. Thanks for coming in. I suppose I'm similar to you guys. I got started back in junior high-ish uh, with first edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we just had a small group, I suppose. Uh, I think it, we had a, some older kids who were showing us, hey, this cool new game. And I think somebody stacked some alligator corpses to get out of a uh, pit. <laughs> and uh, I think that hooked my brothers and, and me. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing says fun like stacking the corpses of alligators. That's a first edition <laughs> challenge right there. Yep. Nice. Well, I think the, uh, the interesting bit about that was it took a whole session to get out of the pit. So I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but it introduced us to the world of role playing. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Nice. And we have Dan today because we're going to be talking about organized play and Dan plays more Adventures League than anybody I know. Are there two words that actually don't go together more so than organized play? <laughs> Military <laughs> intelligence? There's, there's, Ooh. Oh. Yeah, there's probably a bunch, and I bet you some elementary school teachers would argue with you. But Yeah, I suppose so. So, Well, anyway, uh, we will be talking about organized play here in just a little bit, but first we've got to get into our segment that we like to call Games People Play. All right, so uh, since the last time we spoke, has anybody been uh, doing some gaming other than D&D? But I'm sure you guys only do D&D. I think I'm the only board gamer in this group. <laughs> well, I have my Star Wars. It's uh, it's moving along really nicely. We, Is it? Uh, yeah. You've been able to meet up pretty regularly now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been uh, going pretty well, uh, except I had to miss last week's run because uh, it was in... Um, Florida on vacation, so I missed Star Wars, and I missed uh, biweekly D anD D. So I missed. No, you didn't miss. We canceled. Oh, you canceled out. Daughter bailed on us. Oh, yeah. So would you have had more fun on uh, playing uh, Star Wars? Um, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) What all did you do? Uh, we did Universal Studios. We did the whole Harry Potter thing, which I cannot possibly recommend enough as far as immersive experiences go. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the cashiers are like, you know, talking about muggles and stuff. And And just to foreshadow a bit, we're going to have a Harry Potter callback a little later in the episode. (laughs) Oh. But yeah, they they do an incredible job at that. I mean, they, you know, they're not going to, wouldn't like to hear this, but they out Disney Disney in those Harry Potter worlds as far as dropping you in an immersive experience, which I'm guessing the Star Wars thing they're building, they're wow. trying to outdo the Harry Potter as far as immersion is concerned. But uh, yeah, we did that. We did Kennedy Space Center. We did Epcot Center. Uh, I ate a lot of really cool food. I put a lot of miles on my feet hmm. and I got home seven hours ago. So I'm really tired. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. So if you hear some slight snoring in the background. It could be me. It could so, be Greg. But yeah, we, uh, you know, the Star Wars is plugging along. We, we uh, didn't have a fight last run, which was good. It was, it was setting up for a fight, which I was not present for. And I'm the primary shooting people person. So that I'm wondering well, how that went. <laughs> Greg did have a fight in my campaign. Yes. That did not end well. Did, did, did it really? Was it considered a fight or was it sort of considered a smackdown on... So here, here's a lesson for newer D&D players. When you're going to face a powerful foe, even if you're 16th and 17th level, being in darkness can ruin your day. Yes. And, and it everyone's can ruin day. it enough that everybody dies except the bad guy. Yeah, we Is kinda, that what happened? And you know, I hate to say that was that was my first TPK experience. Yes. Wait, Dan, were you part of this? I'm part of it, and oh, it was yeah. my first too. Yeah. So you guys are all dead. Ish. 
so the big bad guy just threw their corpses in a ditch because he has no respect for their meager adventuring skills. So some of them were recovered and raised because they are pretty powerful. Uh, I was, I was my, that was my next question. But they all did out. die. Oh, okay. And all their crap is gone because yeah. he did keep that. What level were you? Uh, I was 19th level. Oh. Yeah. 20 level and, here. Oh. Yeah. They got a little big for their britches. Yeah. Well, as usual. Who as did you go up against? Um, well, it was an ancient red dragon, and okay. unfortunately, there was an ancient black dragon, the one that had escaped the adventure before. So he was already So kind of it upset. would have been a tough fight. They could have definitely won. They did a total of 172 damage the entire combat. But the they've dragon. done that much damage in one round. Okay, I got to know, what did the dragon do to eliminate this party? Well, there was a magical darkness that was cast at higher than second level. So when they tried to dispel it with a, a you know a second level light spell, it didn't work. Hmm. Well, the wizard upcast so that he could see, but he dropped first. So essentially, yeah. they were stuck in this darkness the entire fight. It was not cool at all. I think I was the only one. One for a while, I was the only one hitting anything, but I was hitting it with my teeny tiny bow. Were they getting flamed? Oh, they got multiple breath weapons, so claws, what, claws, wing what, buffets. What happened with the flames? I mean, they were—they couldn't see the fact that their neighbors and friends were burning because they're in the magical. They're darkness. in magical darkness, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> it, it just—it awesome just gets that? real hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like being uh, in a blast furnace. <laughs> or the uh, and, and then they get the acid, so it's not just flames; it's also uh, acid. Oh my god! Yeah. Or the Hogwarts ride. Actually, when you go down that, you see a dragon, and they shoot hot air at you. It's actually very cool. cool. <laughs> Neat. More Neat. callbacks. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was not pleasant. But uh, Eric, if while 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 sometimes sadistic is also benevolent, and uh, yeah, he did allow us that out of being able to be resurrected by the person we were doing all of this for, who I'm starting to think is kind of an ingrateful little turd, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know we were basically trying to overthrow government for his benefit. So yeah least he could do was bring us back to life so uh dan what about you yeah played anything other than DD in the last couple of weeks or even a month you're our guest here we since you heard... were last here have you yeah. played anything other than <laughs> since D &D? you were last year <laughs> i will have to admit that it's been mostly DD. yeah okay um, and there's nothing wrong with that if you're cool with being a one-trick pony Oh, <laughs> that is sort of why we have him here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was a dealer or a pusher over the last couple of weeks. That's what I heard. I uh, introduced a crap ton of people to and as you can probably guess to that one game that everybody gets introduced into when they're new to board gaming. What do you think it is? Settlers of Catan. Yes. I not had trouble? A, no, not trouble. Okay. Not Damn. trouble. I had uh, four full tables of Settlers of Catan going at my house uh, a week and a half ago, and it was amazing. Um, we put veterans in with each table so that they were able to teach the rules, and I think we only had one four-player game, and the rest were all six-player games. And had a great time. Um, I personally got my ass handed to me by a newbie. Which always happens in that damn game. Nice. <laughs> so, but that's what I've been doing. Other than that, I'm kind of jealous because I cannot, for the life of me, get my D&D &D players together because either one, they're out of town, or two, they've moved away. No that's fault a, there. That's a tough one. Yeah. Or they're too freaking busy with their kids. Ah, oh, damn kids. So, I'm going to have to come to your game at some point, but... Then I'll be the guy who can't yeah, make we, the schedule. We could probably fit you in the yeah. bi-weekly group. Yeah. That yeah, I'm, uh, I'm missing this week's Star Wars game again because my damn son has to graduate from high school, <laughs> you know, so commencement and st this is the second. When I graduated from high school, commencement interrupted my Star Wars experience because it was the same day Return of the Jedi came out and I could not go to the movie the first <laughs> oh, show the first day. Greg is such a nerd. <sighs> just a you, I bet you actually argued with your parents. Do I, have to uh, I did. I did. They're like, your grandparents are here. You're going to commencement. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to sit in a hot gym. And it's Return of the Jedi. And they're like, they didn't care. Oh. I had to go the second day. The first show the second day. No, that's no, no one does that. <laughs> okay. And this has nothing to do with anything we've talked about, but I just want to share a thought I've had recently. Okay. You talked about being a dealer, a pusher, right? Yeah. They need to bring back those 1960 diet pills. 
Okay, because like I'm getting oh older God. and I'm 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 gaining some weight, <laughs> yeah. right? And I drink a lot of coffee because I want to get stuff done. Those those 1960 housewife diet pills, they did both those things. Those things were like one step away from straight up speed. Well, no, they were. They were amphetamines. <laughs> but but why did we get rid of them? It seems like you're killing two birds with one stone. So I think we should start well, at least uh, one bird. I think people had heart attacks with those. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, <laughs> let's not quibble over the details. All right. I just think they should come back. Okay. Well, they're taken up with, you know, the lawmakers out there who deal FDA. with that. Yeah. Uh, aren't you one of those now, Dean? I am, but only a city council member in a very small town in it, Central Illinois. It has to start somewhere. Okay. Well, either I'll, I'll get right on it. I'll get right on it. Well, I think that's we, how Palpatine got started, I think, isn't it? As a council member? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> hmm, I have dreams for right. grandeur. <laughs> All right, well, that's our segment, Games People Play. Okay, so organized play um, actually has a pretty long history. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Adventures League because that's the current incarnation. Right. But it started back, to, I don't, Dean might remember, do you remember the ads in a Dragon magazine for RPGA? Yes, I had no idea what the heck yeah, that was. Neither did I. I, I was like, skimmed I, right I over was it. A What's Rupiga? So uh, the role-playing game association, they had that icon that was like the die, you know, the outline. It wasn't an actual die. It was just right. like the, mm-hmm. the geometric shape of a die. So they started that in 1980, and that actually, RPGA ran until 2014. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was a, and it was started by Frank Metzner, Metzer, Metz, Menser, Menser. I can Menser. never say that last Menser. name. Menser, Menser, and he's the one who was responsible for one of the basic boxes. Um, saw him speak at Gary Con a while ago, so he was. Oh, the dude with the beard on the end. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Well, it's, well, I don't know if he was there this year because he had a little bit of a. I just remember a seeing pictures dust up of him. about. Chasing skirts. Oh, that was that, that, was, that, that was one dude. of those dudes. There's oh, been okay. several. That's the one who was like said you were uninvited. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah. confusing um, him with a different guy. So anyway, he was the only, he was like one of the few full time employees at TSR back then, and they were like, we need to like have a place to promote quality role playing because back then everybody was doing it their own way. Quality role playing and yeah. organized play must oh. have missed been something. Really, been really different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they wanted to promote that. They also wanted a place for fans to to meet and play together, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but, but everybody just sort of did their own their own thing back then. I mean, if you met if, when I was a teenager, if I met anybody, it was at the bookstore looking at the D and D section. Like I didn't. Yeah. The only people I knew that played were the people that I started playing D and D. Right. You know, yeah, it, it was a closed it was a closed world. Yeah. And, and the other thing in researching this that I didn't realize, not only did they do AD&D for the organized play, they did Gamma World and Top Secret. Nice. Which I had no idea those those games had organized play associated with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not super surprised about the Gamma World, but maybe a little surprised about the Top Secret. Top Secret was a fun game, mm-hmm. although we played the James Bond 007 game, which ah. I think was, was more fun, truthfully. But uh, we played Top Secret. We played everything back then. We had time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so basically, it was a, you know the format was a DM and four to eight players. They had pre-generated characters and equipment. They ran them through a four-hour adventure. Okay, um, and then sometimes there was there was scoring, um, but that was more often associated with the D and D Championship Series or the D and D Open. That was competitive. D&D play, and that ran from 77 to 2013, and that was a little different. Competitive gaming before it was even a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, those early modules, the Giants and the Slave Pits, those were competitive modules. If you bought them back in the day, they had the pre-gens in the back. Um, Yes, I recall those. And for our bit this episode, rather than a pre-recorded bit, in homage to Greg's trip to Harry (laughs) Potter... We are going to have a die wizard tournament. (laughs) Okay. Each of you Mm -hmm. have 10 spells in front of you. And they all vary because you guys don't share because you knew the die wizard tournament was coming. But you also are very poor spellcasters. So I will keep track. And your goal is to eliminate your opponent. So you tell me what spell you're casting and who you're casting it at. I will tell you the effect the target can then tell me what spell they actually got hit with 
And I will tell you, it is the normal spell, but one letter has been changed. Uh -oh. And if you can tell me that, you take half damage or no damage on a save. That's do, your saving throw. Okay, do we get to um, look at these beforehand? Or yeah, yeah, you can. Well, either way, you can, you can draw. I kind of like the whole randomness. <laughs> so I will act as the uh, moderator slash dungeon master. So, Greg, why don't you start? Pick a spell and a target and, and announce it to our crowd. Okay, um... I'm going to do a power word stun at Dean. Oh, oh. Okay, Dean, the entire crowd watching this tournament turns their head away from you as if ashamed to even gaze upon you. What spell has been cast? Now we're still unfolding all these little tiny yeah. pieces of paper. Five seconds, Dean. Um, uh, I... Okay, so he did what? Power word stun. Come on, keep up. And we can only use him once, right? Yes, yeah. you can only okay, use him so, once. So push him out of the, yeah. Uh, uh, what has been cast at me? Yes, power word stun. And the entire crowd averts their gaze as if ashamed to look at you. Uh, banishment? No, he has cast. It's one letter different. He has cast power word shun. Shun. Okay, uh, now oh, I get now we you're... get it. Okay, uh, Dean, ta it. Dean takes three damage. I'm sitting okay. here looking for misspellings in these freaking spells. No, no, no. Those are actual spells. Okay, Dean, your turn. Okay, okay. Um, I am going to cast uh, at Dan, summon greater demon. Oh. Okay, Dan, a large citrus fruit appears between you and Dean. What spell has been cast? Would it be summon greater lemon? Correct. You take no damage. <laughs> uh, okay, now oh, I get damn, it. Damn, he Dan's figured it turn. out already. Yeah. I will cast Crown of Madness at Greg. Greg. Yeah. An individual with large shoes and a large rubber nose begins to beat you with a rubber chicken. Oh no, it's the Clown of Madness. Correct, you take only one <laughs> okay. point of damage, non-lethal. Okay. Greg? Okay, and then back at Dan with Compelling Duel. Dan, two banjo players show up and start playing a tune. You feel like you should join in. Uh, I guess I'm going to miss this one. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Compelling duet. Oh. Three points of sonic damage. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, for me, I'm going to... Uh, I'm betting Greg gets this one. A wish spell at Greg. Wishing this would end soon. <laughs> a large halibut falls from the sky. Uh, that was a fish spell. That was you made a show void. It only takes seven bludgeoning. <laughs> Avoided it. It was a really big fish. Yeah, it's a ninth level spell. Yeah. Okay. It was a swordfish. <laughs> it was a halibut. <laughs> it was a, a sword. It was a halibut hit. <laughs> okay, who's up next? You are. Oh, I am. I just cast one. Oh wait. No, I, I guess yeah. Dan. It's up to Dan. All right. I'm gonna shoot or cast blade barrier at Dean. Okay. A nice wall rack with several slots for long implements appears. Okay. He cast Blade Carrier at me? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> no damage. Okay. Greg? Uh, all right, I'm going to throw it Dean Melf's Acid Arrow. <laughs> An attractive middle-aged <laughs> housewife shows up and shoots you with a bow. Oh, that's going. a MILF acid arrow. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you, Greg. No damage. Uh, well, not yet, anyway. Yeah, Dean? exactly. Okay, um... Ed Dan, a moonbeam. <laughs> a large legume shows up shaped like a crescent. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna miss this one, too. <laughs> Ah, a, a legume bean? It's a, a moon bean. Yeah, it's no. a moon bean. bean. Yeah. You, yes, it yes. manages to crush you for three points of damage, oh, my and God. you have, are very gassy. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, how about Bane at Greg? All Greg's clothes disappear. Huh. Bane? Well, I thought that was going to be easy. I thought yeah. that would be easy, too. It's only four freaking letters. Yeah. Uh... uh. 
Time's up. Okay. Bear. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You take four points of embarrassment damage. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right. Well, me again? Mm-hmm. All right, back at Dan. I feel there's only one way this can go, so maybe Dan needs this, but uh, Hex! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder where this is going to go. <laughs> Greg changes the rules of the game, and you instantly die. Can't turn that into Eric, can you? Oh, wait, no. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Please. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Uh, come on. Vex? Nope. Hacks. But since it's illegal, we, the GM uh, reverses the ruling. Hacks? He's hacks. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, my turn. I am going to do power word kill at Greg. Instead of being naked, he now has a short skirt in a tartan pattern. Come on. Oh, was powered ki- oh, powered kilt. Correct. Uh. <laughs> you regain four hit points. <laughs> All right, Dan's up. Let's pick on Greg. <laughs> Shatter. Thank you. Why should this episode be any different? Shatter. It's a good oh. thing you're wearing a kilt because you suddenly have the... Uh, feeling that you really have to go to the bathroom. Huh? This is, this is more of a vocabulary test than anything else. Number two. Ah. Uh, uh, oh, God. <laughs> Shitter? <laughs> Correct. Oh. Shitter. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Uh, Greg's Greg up. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe, Um... I like the ones with three words. It makes it more challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, Udine, delayed blast fireball. Delayed blast fireball. <clears throat> hmm. You cast the spell. A skinny individual with a number on his chest picks up the spell and runs over to... Who'd you cast that? Dan? Me. No. Oh, Dean. And hands it to Dean, and it explodes. Dean, what spell did he cast? Delayed blast, blast oh, fireball. Uh, delayed. Uh, Time's up. Yeah, yeah I full know. damage. Fifty-seven hit points. Relayed <laughs> blast fireball. Relayed. Oh my uh, gosh! All right. I wouldn't have got that. Okay, at Dan. Uh, dust devil. <sighs> the milf returns. Uh oh. Dressed in sexy lingerie, but this time she has horns and a tail. Is it less devil? Uh, Correct. Yeah. You managed to avoid her seduction. Oh man! All right, let's let's get Dean with scorching ray. Scorching ray. Dean, the sun comes out and you're uncomfortably warm. Scorching ray. Scorching day. Correct. You avoid any heat damage. Okay. Greg, you're up. All right, Dan, a cone of cold. (laughs) Four-letter words. Greg extends his finger, and a spewage of (laughs) smelly, small, slightly hairy hairy microbes start to grow on Dan. (laughs) I like that one. Oh, I know. Cone of mold? Correct. All right. Not quite as effective as cone of cold, but still awkward. Okay. And really gross. Um, Greg. Yeah. Sunbeam. I'm shooting a sunbeam at you. Greg, you are instantly find yourself in one of those big bouncy houses with the balls that, uh, you know, you can jump in, mm-hmm. and there's a little slide, and there's music, and there's a bunch of kids, and they all seem to be having a good time. Is it a fun beam? It is a fun beam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan, you're up. Let's cast sleep on both Greg and Dean. Okay. Oh, that's easy. We might need it. Uh, I'm already, I've already been hit with that one. You both find yourself sprouting wool from every portion of your body. Cheap. Cheap. Okay. You avoided the detrimental effects of that spell. (laughs) All right, Greg, you're up. Uh, All right, Dean, how about some flaming sphere? Flaming sphere. A bunch of bubbles appear around you, Dean, and seem to take a circular shape. 
three-dimensional, like a globe, perhaps. They start to fill your space, making it difficult to breathe. Flaming sphere? Um, uh, uh, I should know this. Um, like bubbles of... Time's up. Yo. Foaming sphere. Fo 20 points of suffocation damage. Foaming. Yeah, that's hard. That, that was a tricky one. That was. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay. First I thought you were cheating there, but no, you got it. Okay. No, it is. <laughs> um, okay, banishment at uh, banishment at Dan. Dan, a nice tray with some pastries appears in front of you. Hmm. Wow. The only thing I can think of is famishment, but I don't think that's right. I did cheat a little bit on this one. Danishment. <laughs> you totally cheated. That was on that, one. that. Yeah. <laughs> Eric takes three hundred points a day <laughs> for cheating in the game. <laughs> yeah, back blast. Who's next? Dan's up. I'm up. Uh, I'll uh, hit uh, Dean with Earthbind. Five guys show up, and one of them starts singing "Blinded by the Light." Earth Band. Yeah. Correct. That was, easy. That was an easy Earth one. Band. <laughs> it's easy for you guys. Yeah. Some of our listeners are like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Also, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yes. You know. yeah. mm -hmm. But that doesn't work with the spell, so yeah. I had to go with Manfred Band. Yeah. All right, who's next? That's the real version, anyway. All right. Uh, I'm going to hit Dan with a vampiric touch, or a vampiric touch, if you want to say it wrong. A nice love seat with, uh, again, the MILF, but this time she's got fangs. <laughs> wow. She's lying seductively. Vampiric couch? Correct. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. It's the only thing I can think of. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, back at Greg. Fireball. Is that one word? It is in the way he spelled it out. That's important. Small flames surround you and you break into tears. Huh? It's another one I thought would be easy. Yeah. Oh, I know what it is. Can I say it? Sure. Time's up. No. Fireball. P-A-W-L. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Take 50 damage. Yeah. Let's, let's counter the fireball with Gust of Wind at Greg. You are... Uh, how to describe this? Um, you wrote so it. You a should know. stream of liquid, perhaps a Chardonnay, covers you and drenches you. Dust of wine. Correct. Okay. <laughs> All right, Greg, you're up. Our last three spells. All right, Dean. Sacred flame at you. Sacred flame. It's the Bangles. You find yourself in a hollowed-out log, hurling downward on a. Small river. Sacred flume. Correct. <laughs> we did not ride the long flume. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, finger at, uh, finger of death at Greg. Because everybody wants to point the finger of death at Greg. Yeah, A redhead jumps out and shanks you in the kidney. Finger of death. Ooh, good one. Good one. Good one. Ginger of death? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I was having to check the spelling in my head. So, yeah. well, it does help if you've got the uh, spells in front of you. And I will use color spray against Dean. Color spray. Dan bends over, parts wait, wait, his wait, butt wait, cheeks. Wait, 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 wait. Who? What? Oh, Dan bends oh. over. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> parts his butt cheeks. And a stream of fecal matter covers you, Dean. Okay. What was it? Color? Color spray. Color spray. Colon, <laughs> colon oh, spray. Yeah. Sadly, I got that one. <laughs> kind of colon uh, spray. Kind of wish I didn't get that Do one. We have any more? Uh, we got. I got two more left. I got one more. Oh, okay. I don't know. I missed one. You go, oh, go ahead. Um, uh, dominate person to Dan. Is that <laughs> milf coming back? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, all of a sudden, everybody starts uh, raising their hand as if voting for Dan to be the winner. Oh. Nominate person. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Okay. Go ahead, Greg. Last one. All right. Yep. Let Dan have it with the hunger of Hadar. Oh, yeah, no, I think Hadar's going with this one. <laughs> a large barbarian person approaches you with a smile on his face and his arms outstretched. Hmm. 
Hunger of Hadar? Hunger of Hadar. Is that you, Dan? Yes, it is. And I'm not going to get <laughs> He's this looking one. at us like, right. help me out, guys. Can I call hug- a friend? <laughs> he clutches you in an embrace and squeezes you to death. The hugger uh, of Hadar. Hugger. The hugger of hugger. Hadar. Okay. I thought it was yeah. going to end up radar for some reason. But you get yeah. one spell off before he, <laughs> he finishes you. Um, Moonbeam at Greg. We already cast yeah. that one. Okay, well, I guess I didn't toss it out then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Dean's cheating. No. I have heat metal. Uh, we can target oh. Greg. I like that spell. You hear a faint ringing cover, coming from several metallic objects in your area. Is that hair metal? That is yeah. hair metal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure who won that one, but um, I know Derek, uh, Eric won that one. Yeah. Dan got hugged to death. <laughs> yes. He stole my MILF. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, oh, I hope that was fun. Yeah. Our, our listeners were able to get more of them than you guys. Yeah. Um, some of them were tough. And don't ever use the colon spray. It's it's no. really yeah. Um, oh it's my very God. off-putting. Yes. yes. All right. Well, back to our organized. That was yeah. <laughs> so I should add <laughs> that I never I played organized sp- play before Five E. Right before oh, Adventures nice. League. I mean, I always just played home games. Um, but the next iteration of organized play was the Living City which included Living Greyhawk from 2000, 2008. In 1997, mm. Living City started, and Dean, I believe you played that. That is where I got into organized play. I was part of the uh, Living Greyhawk um, group that was here in the Champaign-Urbana area, and mm. our DM um, almost exclusively was Greg Homerding, and so we all started calling it Living Greyhawk. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And, and I think every... Part of the country was assigned a portion of Greyhawk. Yes, right. yes. Um, I think we were Furendi. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think that's where we were located. Could you, here. could you travel from one to the other? What if you went through somebody else's area? Could you not leave? Or I think you could. If you happened to be there, you would. Your character would have traveled to that area. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, part of that was that. Uh, you could influence the events in your region. So everything sort of tied into one another. And because I run in Greyhawk, my home game, there's actually still a ton of material that was generated from living Greyhawk online that I will sometimes use as a resource for my home game. I mm-hmm. mean, people really developed out their areas and wrote articles. And so that was sort of cool. Um, that explains some of the stuff that I've looked up too when I was doing backstory on my characters. Yeah. There was and, and Greyhawk so, stuff and living Greyhawk stuff. And, yeah. And I had to, uh, during that time, I had thought about uh, becoming part of the DMs uh, for the RPGA group here in the area. So I had to take my DM test. And I'll tell you what, that wasn't easy at all. Yeah, they had certified Dungeon Masters. Yes. They had had even had that way in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. RPGA hmm, had certified Dungeon Masters, you which, had to log which on might be it. something we want to go back to. Oh, yes, yeah. because you guys have had a... We've had uh, some weird experiences. Yeah, a couple of bad DMs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. You had to go uh, online and do basically an online test. And I think that test was every bit about 20 minutes long. Wow. Nice. Was the source material compatible and crossed over? I mean, whatever was created yeah, for I mean, Living Greyhawk is still... with the Greyhawk canon, and yeah. then it sort of diverged from there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't radically different, but yeah. um, a lot of it was just fleshing out areas that hadn't been fleshed out. So it didn't contradict anything else. It was just, oh, we're going to add this detail. Okay. All right, cool. I will say that the uh, organized play, much like it has now, kind of took over the role-playing at the local conventions uh, to the point where I wasn't actually to play, able to play some of these one-off, you know, just regular adventures without being involved in the RPGA, the Living Greyhawk stuff. And it kind of put a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because I wanted to just play some D&D. I didn't want to have to play the stuff that was, well... Here's your AL, you know. Yeah, we're uh, going to talk about that okay. when we get to Yeah, we're to, dropping you in the right, middle, yeah. and then you can continue if you want. And I'm yes. like, I'm just here for the day. Yes, yeah. exactly. All right, well, um, we'll The other thing I later. didn't realize about the the uh, Living City, Living Greyhawk, was they actually, in 4th edition, they based some of it in Dark Sun, which uh, with the Ashes to Athos um, hmm. in 2010. I had not realized that. That's always a fun place to visit. I wouldn't want to live there. Dan, did you do any... Uh, living Greyhawk? At a- I, none of this is familiar to me. Really? Huh. Well, okay, so my experience... He's a late is, adopter. Yeah, my, my re- uh, experience is only with Living Greyhawk, Greg Hawk. Thank you very much, Greg Homerding. <laughs> so you guys are going to have to pick it up after this. Yeah, well, so 
you know, in 2014, Wizards decided we're going to start Adventurers League. Um, and again, they reinvent the wheel, it seems like, every time they do an organized play. And did that come about with the introduction of 5e? Yeah. I mean, they, were, yeah. they went hand in hand. They were, were they a year pretty apart quick. or pretty? It was, it was pretty, pretty quick, quick okay. pretty soon afterwards. That's, that's how I, I, I kind of remember. I assume they probably had been thinking about it uh, while they were developing 5e. Um, so, you know, 5e, uh, like I said, they, they reinvent the wheel. So it's it doesn't take place in the entire world. It's set in Forgotten Realms. The adventures generally occur around the Moon Sea region if it's a fan-written, a convention content adventure they call it, CCC. So fans can submit adventures for specific advent- uh, for specific conventions. They have to get approved and reviewed, and those all base around, around the Moon Sea. They also release, Wizards releases, seasonal sets of adventures, usually about 15 or so, um, and those are contracted. And those can take place anywhere in Forgotten Realms, and they sort of have a, a story associated with them. So generally, you want to try to play them in order in a lot of cases. They also have epic adventures that you can do at conventions, multi-table adventures. Uh, did I ever tell you about the one epic adventure I did during the Living Greyhawk thing? No. Oh. Maybe you were part I don't think you were part of it. But anyway, we were doing this adventure, and basically we were out to kick some Dwergar butt. Right. And our course of action was wipe them out, wipe them out, all of them them out. Well, the DM put in children. Oh, Oh, yeah, you did tell us about that. And I'll tell you what, the place fell apart. Yeah, it fell apart. When we got to the very end, there was uh, children. And some people are like, kill them all, because that's what we're here for. And some people are like, back the fuck off. You know, <laughs> a related story, the last epic I ran at the last convention, which I think was D8 Summit, although they all tend to blend together after mm-hmm. a while. Um, in that epic, it's it's a more of a role play rather than combat based. And one of the ways the characters can go about getting the goal or this large party is to make filters of love. And Adventures League has actually banned Filters of Love from future adventures because there's a consent issue involved. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and it can get a little a, a little awkward. Like, you're basically making this person, this NPC, fall in love with you and, and you know, madly in love. So I mean, uh, wouldn't want to offend any NPCs. The table I had handled it well. And actually, yeah. the funniest part was when um, one of the players gave a filter to each of two guards thinking that he would then have two allies and they were all standing in the same place. And I said, I said, dude, you just made like a love triangle. Like think about an episode of cops where the women are on the lawn pulling each other's hair. That's what you just did. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So it was, it was a lot of fun, but yeah. That, uh, the adventure that I was in, that had ramifications for well up to a year. Yeah. And that's, I think why they had this whole review process. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they are, they, tiptoe around issues like that um yeah that it was the uh infamous baby killing adventure yeah so the other thing about adventures league it's based on the honor system there are tracking logs and dms can check logs but very few do i mean if you have to cheat at D, you need to reevaluate your life i don't know i've uh, had i've had my log meticulously checked well, a thing and told i couldn't sketchy, play so, so yeah yeah, yeah um, I, i've had my log checked once but Pretty casual. It was probably the same Mm. run at GaryCon by the same guy. (laughs) Yeah, he was he was going over there, and I didn't get signed off on something. And oh, I can't play, I can't play. And I'm like, and you seriously were not allowed to join the table? uh, I had to go. No, he passed the logs to me, and I pencil yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Eric fixed it for me because you know. Wow, he's good at that. Um, (laughs) Therein might be part of the reason I don't play Adventures League. Yeah. So you know the advantage to Adventures League is your characters are portable, right? You can take them to any convention and sit down at a table and play that character. Um, you can also even play Adventures League at home if you follow the rules. Um, so you can work, play characters at home and then take them to a convention, which is sort of fun. Um, so it does have those advantages with it, but it's different than a home game. Um, I guess, you know, Dan, how, how do you feel that the comparison between Adventures League and home games goes? Uh, I like both, um, but, you know, I hadn't played Adventures League before. And I think uh, I got introduced to it at Winter War 2017, and it was I, what it appealed to me. Uh, the portability was nice, so we could play uh, different uh, 
with different groups, but I, I really like the fact that uh, a story ended after four hours. And uh, I know that may not appeal if you're in a long-term campaign, but it was kind of nice to get into an adventure and then uh, finish it up and then be able to take that character into another whole storyline with a new group of people. It just, I'd never experienced it before, and I, I, I thought it, was, it pulled me in. It's really good for cons. Yeah. I can see the appeal of that. It was some of the other aspects of um, what I experienced in Living Greyhawk that kind of turned me off to the whole Adventures League when I thought about getting back into it. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some of that stuff in a bit. Yeah. The other advantage is, you know, if you're living somewhere and you don't have a group to play D&D with, you can track down your local game store and most of them will run an Adventures League night. Normally it's Wednesday and you can show up and they probably prefer if you call ahead if you're going to be a new player, let them know you're coming just so they can try to coordinate table space. But uh, you have a group to play D&D with, you know, and that's sort of nice. I mean, it's a great way to introduce new people to D&D. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's why I run Adventures League. I like playing with a variety of people. I like playing with new people and, and sort of, you know, that that excitement can is sort of catchy. You know, it reinvigorates you sometimes. Well, it certainly does eliminate that hassle that I'm experiencing with conflicting schedules. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you show up, you're going to play. Right. Yeah. That is that is a great boon to many of the DMs. Now, on the downside, if you're a DM that wants to be creative, you're not. Like, you can be creative <laughs> when you run the adventure with the NPCs, and, and you can sort of take Add that. Add a little flavor. But you're not generating the story. You have to follow the story pretty much as written. Um, it, it can be a little railroady at times. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I kind of like the appeal of, uh, you know, we've I like our, our home game where we've played the same story for, like, what four four years four maybe five going on five years <laughs> and it is interesting to, to you and know develop did. new parts or explore different parts of the world but uh, i do like the adventures league appeal to okay uh, one season we do strad although that has its own uh, negatives in my mind but uh, another season we have the tomb of annihilation and i kind of like the the differences and we can uh, you know, not get bored with one thing. I'm not saying I was bored, Eric, but I'm just saying, you know, it, it's nice to... <laughs> yes. You're not bored with the campaign where you all died last week. Yeah, okay. There you totally. go. Yeah. Um, you know, it has advantages, but it's not traditional D&D. That is fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with that. You know, and it's like almost apples and oranges. When when people ask me, like, you know, would you prefer Adventures League? Probably not. Like, I prefer a home game. But I also like to do Adventures League because it's a different experience. Well, now, I know Dean l- probably plays apples to apples. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. But now uh, it's been kind of superseded by other things. Explain a little bit how an Adventure League character is created. Is it any different than what I recall um, when I was doing Living Greyhawk? You yeah, basically so- start with – it's a a point-by system, right? Yeah. So Adventures League uses rules as written. So – you have to follow the rules, and there's some stuff that's that's not allowed. Um, mm-hmm. They they have specific things like you can't use the um, the death domain from the DM's guide. That's not legal in Adventures League. Um, they do use feats, but essentially you use a standard point buy. Um, there's a player's package on DMsGuild.com that is free. Anybody can download. It has sort of it's not the best organized set of documents, but it has what you need in there. Um, And you have to earn your way up. Unlike Pathfinder Society, which is another organized play, um, you can walk in with Pathfinder and just take a higher level character and play a higher level adventure, which does have an advantage because if you don't have a character of that level, um, they just give you one. And you play it. Yeah, that's, what, that's what happened League, to me the one time I played is they, they threw me like a seventh level barbarian or something like yeah. that. And it was, yeah. In Adventures League, you have to earn your way up. You start at first level. Uh, but essentially, it's point by standard. You take a background, you take equipment. They do have a one other quirky rule, which is you can only have one book in addition to your player's handbook. Uh, so if you use Volos to take a goblin race, you can't take a class from Xanathar as an archetype. You can only use one additional, so it limits some of the uh, combinations. And it, I just kind of like that idea because you know sometimes you get these characters that are a mis- mismatch of all kinds of different rule sets, 
you know, mm-hmm. and that can get very confusing. Yeah, and it gets it gets you can build. So, uh, there's already ways to build super powerful combinations in in fifth mm-hmm. edition. I'm Eric looking at you, know. sharpshooter, um, <laughs> and crossbow experts. Oh my god, don't get me started. That's my next character in our next <laughs> campaign. <laughs> nice. Of course it is. Um, but I do like the I like the balance, Dean. I agree with you that. Um, it's nice. You don't run into groups when you go out these in the organized play groups. You don't uh, feel totally underwhelmed if you show up with a table mm-hmm. that has a lot of people who've got. I mean, you can if you, they've got a lot of magic items. But the point by systems, I, I didn't really get it at first. I thought it was, was going to be more appealing to roll dice, but I really like the the balance that point by brings. It does bring a lot of balance. I had a hard time accepting it at first. I thought it was like you know socialism for D and D. Sort of is, yeah. Yeah, I, so I, are you becoming a progressive dean? <laughs> let's, let's not go down that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we should avoid that. Yeah, um, I haven't actually seen the the magic item thing. That's one of the things I've noticed about Adventures League is there is not a uh, excessive number of magical items. Yeah, it does. You know, you the way that the new se- they change the rules every so often. There's always controversy when they change the rules. Right now, the way they do it is you unlock a magic item and you gain points that you can then use to buy a magic item you've unlocked. Um, and that prevents competition between players for a specific item that might drop during an adventure. Okay, so that is socialism. Um. <laughs> yeah, but people were gaming the system. They had this magic item count dynamic that wasn't working. There was always that awkward thing at the end of the adventure, you know, well, you guys have gotten, you know, a, a plus two sword, you know, who gets it? And then, right. you know, you always had a couple people. Yeah, because remember, you're not it. playing with these people on a regular basis yes. a lot of times. You're just, you're never going to see them again. So mm. the wizard's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the Vorpal Greatsword. And everyone's like, you're a wizard. And he's like, yeah, but I have another character that I can trade it to. And they're like, yeah, but we have a fighter right here who yeah. could use it. Yeah. And the wizard's like, well, guess what? I get it because I only have two magic items and he has three. So I'm higher on the list. Well, let me ask. Um, if I remember right, if a magic item or some type of item became available uh, in Living Greyhawk, you took note of that. You then had the availability to acquire that item. Yeah. But that was across the board for all the people who were in that adventure. Correct. Is that's that the a, same yep, That's thing? the same way they do okay. it. Okay. Just curious. Which, you know, it's better than the last system. It's not perfect. But the best system is play with a normal group and everybody sits around and goes, hey, a Warple Sword, give that to the fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's not realistic in organized play. So they they modify it. Truthfully, I, I don't have a problem with, with the way they did it. I think that's the best scenario. I kind of like the old system. I mean, I, the new system is nice, but I liked uh it was a little fun to collect the certificates that they would issue for the magic items. And, and you would, uh, if you missed out on some magic items initially, uh, you, you sometimes were at a table where somebody had five magic items and you, you skipped yours because you, you didn't want the, uh, the gloves for your, your wizard. You wanted to, you know, save that for the new magic staff. So I kind of liked the, the strategies that came with the certificates and Mm -hmm. the single magic items. Well, if I was in charge, which Uh-oh. I'm not, because they'll never put me in charge, <laughs> that would be a bad. That the way I would do thing. it would be the current <laughs> yeah. system, except anyone who wants the item during the adventure can roll off for it. It's a straight roll, d20, high roll takes it, and they don't get treasure points for that adventure. They just get the up. So the item is given out every adventure. There's one item given out. Unless nobody wants it, which is unlikely, somebody that, will that, take that's it. That's how I ended up with a cursed sword. Is literally nobody wanted it, and there's like, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. And I had nothing. Greg, you might want to pass up cursed swords in the future. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, tra- I actually took. Yeah, it. What, what part of cursed sword didn't? Yeah, uh, uh, you know. Well, attracted you. Well, I took it for two reasons. One, I didn't have any magic items. And two, I knew I could trade it later for something yeah. else. So, I mean, people's fear is that magic item bloat if you give out too many. But truthfully, right now we have a magic item shortage because you can't even buy a magic item until you're like tier two, a decent magic item, um, or close to tier two, which is level five. Is tier two analogous to the average player level, the APL that used to be in Living Greyhawk? Well, each adventure has an APL. And oh, okay. They break the adventures into four tiers so gotcha. tier one is one to four okay five to ten eleven to sixteen seventeen to twenty okay so you the adventures are designed for those tiers except for epics that have all tiers usually covered mm-hmm. hey while we're on magic items i just wanted to make another point for the old system uh I, <laughs> with the new system it, it seems like we're gonna see people that 
just play this gain the same magic items i like the variety of old magic items like you might find uh oh periaptive wound closure or a circular of blasting and those do get unlocked but people tend to save their uh their treasure points for the the magic weapons or so i think we're gonna see a, i think we would see a more of a variety in the old way I think or I in think the Dan- Eric way, where they <laughs> automatically give the magic item every adventure. And I just want to point out, this has nothing to do with anything, but Dan says magic items, and I say magic items. And that's sort of bothering me. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't even get that. One he of them does. emphasizes magic, magic and- items, and I say magic items. So... That's some kind of crazy East Coast thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How is it? How do you guys say it? Magic items. See, now you've made me super self-conscious about yeah. saying magic items, so I don't know. See, I think Greg says like me, but Dean says like this. And or, part of a problem is I'm getting a lot of bad habits from Eric because I game with him way too much. That is that <laughs> is my forte, <laughs> spreading bad habits across the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually don't disagree, and I actually kind of think that uh, the idea you had about the uh, treasure versus magic uh, forfeiture thing is actually not a bad idea because it, it, it incentivizes it properly. Yeah. And nobody ever takes like the gloves of thievery because they'd rather have the magic sword or the magic armor. They don't want to spend their points. But this way, gloves of thievery would be out there. Somebody would get it. It would only cost them the four points instead of the 16 they would have yeah. to pay for it if they bought it. They just surrender the four for the adventure. It's, it's sort of like a discount you get. That makes too much sense. They'll never do it. Yeah, probably. Uh, maybe they'll listen to the podcast and I'll get my phone over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all those Wizards of the Coast guys who download this every other week. So one other thing about organized play that I really appreciate is um, they do a lot of charity fundraising. Uh, yeah. And that's sort of good. Like, you know, as as responsible Dungeons and Dragons players, it, it sort of gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling to know that, you know, even though I paid $80 for a certificate that allows me to play a goblin cavalier and break the player's handbook plus one rule, um, that money goes to a charity, right? I mean, that's sort of nice. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with that. Now, that is something that always amazed me because um, you paid money for something intangible, right? I mean, I guess it's tangible in the real world. It's Part of you got a hobby. piece of paper. I get mad respect when I pull out my goblin war cow. And that's what he spent the money for. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Actually, I ironically, for charity, strictly for the charity. At the last convention, I sat down at a table and one of the other players goes, I think I played with you before. You're the guy with the goblin on the war cow. <laughs> so uh-huh. people do He's remember it. Yeah. That's more because of the mini than anything else. Because that's have, true. It's painted like a Holstein or something. Yeah, well, yeah it turned black out black and good. white cows. I don't know what kind they are. That's a Holstein. Okay, there you go. I got it right. Look Midwest. Um, so good job, Greg. Yeah, yeah it's all those trips to Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> and the and far re- side. And when he retires, he can make cheese. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the fundraising aspect for charities and stuff—that's sort of a new component. I don't know if that went on back in the day. I don't recall it. Oh, I can't imagine it would. Yeah, I mean, you just said responsible D and D players. Those are probably words that have never been said together up until you know what four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we were playing yeah. at sixteen years old, I don't think we were yeah. too concerned about charity fundraising. Yeah, we were the charity. Yes. Yeah, we were. <laughs> trying to come up with ways to buy more books. Yep, and minis. So, and the other thing that organized play adds is sort of a sense of community, right? So you play your home game, you see the same people. Not that I'm sick of, sick of looking at the same group of people, but, you know, I see them all the time. When I you play organized play, you, you broaden that circle. Even mm-hmm. if you're only playing locally at your f- local game store, you meet more people that play D&D and you have conversations about D&D, and that's fun. Yeah, no, that that appeals to me quite a lot. That's why I like going to conventions is I like just playing with different fun people that I haven't been with before. Agreed. And I, I like the way they set up Adventures League that you don't have to have it at a convention. You can play it in home. Uh, we have some other players, some some family around the area who have played regular 5th uh, edition Dungeons & Dragons and we're uh, trying to get them to come to a local convention we, we started Uh MageCon. Yeah, no, it's a good time to talk about it. Plug Plug it, plug it. But but not everybody realizes that you can play at home and you can take those same characters to a convention. So it's it's nice to, uh, to, um, I think that's an appeal to Adventures League. As long as you follow the Adventures League rules at the home game. There there is that caveat. You just can't show up with your 20th level fighter with your Vorpal and your, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> all the crazy well, stuff. You, well, you've got that all written down on your log sheet. Yeah, so unless so. you've actually played through the adventures. So no homebrewing in the home yeah, games. And, and what's the date for MageCon? Give us a little more detail here. So, yeah, MageCon's coming up in uh, July, uh, July 12th and 13th. And it's uh, it started last year. Uh, in, this is in Muhammad, a group of us in Muhammad. Uh, Illinois. Muhammad, <laughs> Illinois, yes. Uh, and so it stands for uh, Muhammad Area Gaming Enthusiasts. And we uh, we thought it, there was a lot of people around the area that played. There's a lot of people in the game store, and just we would talk to a lot of people in Muhammad, and they play their own games. So we thought, hey, let's uh, bring this sense of a community uh, to an or- organized event. And so we we held it last year, and I thought it was pretty successful. So we're going to try it again this year. It's a D and D exclusive con, correct? Uh, well, you know, it was last year. It was Adventures League, but this year we've we talked with the local Pathfinder people, and they are going to join us uh, for a few games. We don't ha- the f- space is fairly small. Uh, but we're going to see if we can pull it off two years in a row, and then we're if it's successful, we can pursue a larger space next year. Is it only organized play? Uh, yes, it is. It's it's the Pathfinder Society, Starfinder Society, mm-hmm. their organized play, and uh, Dungeons & Dragons Adventures League. Okay. Yeah, now, but we do have pre-gen, so someone shows up, they haven't played, they can grab a level one, and actually in uh, Adventures League, you can play a character and rebuild it. You can change everything except the name up mm-hmm. until level four. So if you walk in and we hand you an elf wizard... And you play it through the adventure and you get your little your rewards. You're going to be like, you know what? I really wanted a half-orc fighter. So you have a half-orc fighter named Galadriel, which might not work. But, you know. <laughs> Do you need nice. to be registered? He's going to get teased a lot. Yeah. Do you need to be registered or anything like that? Not not for the convention, but for, you know, Adventures League and stuff like that prior to coming to the con. No. No. Uh, you could just walk in. There used to have a – you'd get a number from Wizards, but they've sort of abandoned that. Like oh, I said, really? I didn't know they'd gotten rid of that. Yeah. They don't, they don't track that anymore. Some stores do track attendance because it, they can get a – Early releases, like I got my Sinister Secret Assault Marsh a week early mm-hmm. because uh, the store is a premier shop for wizards. Um, nice. But they, where do people go if they are interested in going to MageCon, Dan? Where would they go look? Well, the easiest place is go to magecon.org, M-A-G-E-C-O-N dot O-R-G. Uh, we're actually on Warhorn. The sign up, the primary site for signups is on Warhorn, so just uh, you'll need an account at Warhorn to sign up anyway. And that's warhorn.net, I believe. Yes. Ah, right? Good point. Uh, and I think one other little thing I'd like to say for new players, especially in this area, uh, we've got intro events for uh, Adventures League and intro events for uh, Pathfinder. So if you feel intimidated about a, a convention, we're trying to set uh, we tried to set this up so everybody feels welcome, especially new players. So we've got a lot of tier one and some intro events that could ease people into it. Yeah, if you know nothing about D and D except that it exists and you want to try it out, come to MageCon. We will sit you at a table, we'll get you started, we'll make sure you have a good time. So, Dan, do you put the Pathfinder guys in the... the no, 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 The, the, the no. room that doesn't have air conditioning? <laughs> no, it should, it, we're all in one room, and, and it should be comfortable. Okay. It's, it's cozy. And, and, it's, and really, I think people, we've got a great group, of, uh, I want to make a plug to the uh, DMs. We've got a great group of DMs that um, really will help people feel comfortable, and I, I don't want to have people feel intimidated. I think they should feel welcome, and they, okay. I think they will be welcome. All right, and this is a one-day affair? It's two days. Two it's going to be July 12th and 13th. Okay. So Friday, Friday and Saturday. Saturday. And this is in Muhammad, Illinois. And if anybody's interested, we will try to have some type of link or uh, further information on our Grognard page on Facebook. So Yeah. Um, so what else do we want to talk about in terms of organized play? We've covered most of the major points. I mean, I, I part of the reason we're doing this podcast is, one, for... People that have no idea it even exists. I mean, it's a great resource mm-hmm. for wizards. It's a great way to get D&D out there to the masses. Um, and it's it's fun to be able to, you know, if you've never been to a convention and you're even intimidated, um, organized play is usually just as welcoming at a convention. They have pre-generated characters. You can just sign up. You walk in if you want to go one day. And just just play a game and and get introduced. I do have a question, and this is directed at Greg, because I've heard him talk about this before. Um, And it's kind of in line with what I remember in Living Greyhawk, the level of role play in organized play. Yeah, it's Um, pretty low. you've, You've had some disgruntlement. At that. A little bit. Um, You know, it's just sort of the nature of the beast. You can't have character development if you're not with the same 
players all the time. And is that when, because you've got a four hour limit? Part of it, it's a, it's yeah, the I think that's a big part. A of it. big part of it is the time limit. Nobody, every every, you're always in a hurry when you run these things, and any sort of side trips or side tracks or or weird personal things are are frequently frowned upon. Yeah, Grogek grilling up some poison frog legs. The the game master was annoyed that I wasted like 30 seconds of everybody's time because I wanted to <laughs> eat the frogs we had just killed, which just I just thought it was kind of fun and he was just like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, well you're there are poison frogs, you're sick." So are you saying that role play is kind of discouraged? Um it isn't necessarily discouraged per se, but it's not it's not discouraged, but it is not encouraged either. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's really it's it's all about plot. It's it's it, as D, as Eric said, it's, it's it is kind of railroady. I mean, you've got a very you've got a, a beginning and an end, and you got to get there, and you can't deviate. But like at our weekly table at the game store, we generally have a, the same group of players. So, uh, for example, we have a fighter who's got what's that fighter that gets spells, or maybe he's oh, a, uh, Eldritch Knight. Eldritch Knight. He's an Eldritch Knight, but he's really dumb. He's a dumb Eldritch Knight. <laughs> and over several uh, sessions, I have convinced this character that there is a thing called saliva magic, nice. and that by licking things, he can gain <laughs> powers. <laughs> Nice. So it's sort of this like running joke that's sort of character development wise <laughs> that he's he licks everything now to to try to get the saliva magic, you know. Yeah. Now see and I, and that that'll work out too. I guess part of it is that I've I've only ever played Adventures League in a convention setting, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and that's kind of part of it for me is I like to go, I like to play with other people, you know, for better or for worse. And, and, uh, you know, and I, and I still enjoy it. I, I mean, I, I make fun of adventures league a lot and I tease about it, but I do enjoy going to the you know, last convention I went to, I was, I still played like six sessions. So, um, well, I may have to come out to MageCon and just grab a pre-generated character and jump into a first level yeah. adventure. It'd be fun to have you, Dean. Yeah. Might have to um, give that a shot. We should also mention that if you if you DM for organized play, if you dungeon master, there's actually rewards associated with it. So you get uh, points for advancement and treasure as if you had played that adventure. So you can apply them to a character. So you don't necessarily miss out. And they also have these wacky DM quests that can give you bonus items. Like nice. if you run a table and everybody's under the age of 15 they get something like they all get a healing potion and you get something and you know if you run a charity uh event you get a special magic item that was you know unlocked during the adventure um i ignore most of those because i like to play characters so i i don't really apply them ever uh but for some people those are important like you know it's often hard to find people to dungeon master so a lot of groups will like rotate. So one person will do one week, and that way, even when they're running, they can still apply those rewards to their active character and keep up with the rest of the group if they they're playing at a semi permanent table. You know, I've I've kind of noticed too um, as an observer that at some of the bigger conventions like Gary Con and Gamehole Con and all that, uh, if you run you know several adventures or maybe even just one, I don't know. Um, Wizards has nice swag. For oh yeah, the game I got. Number number one thing the, for my first Gary Con, I'm like, where did those dice come from? And they've got all the game masters got the dice, and I'm like, I want the yeah, dice. Yeah, and they're they are very um, they're generous. They're very generous, generous with it. Like uh, next Saturday, I will have three copies of Sinister Secret Assault Martian. It just came out yesterday. Wow, so. I fully expect Greg to be hiding in the shadows sometime at a con and just taking down a DM for all <laughs> for of their dice. Swag. Yeah, yeah. Sne- sneak attack with a backstab. Mm-hmm. I know it. Uh, Gary Con. This year, I think they have hats, like baseball caps. Ooh. So I'm going to have to might have to up my DM hours so I can get a baseball cap. I like hats, too. What you guys won't do for free stuff. Oh, coming from oh, Dean? Oh, no, no, please. Wow. We're still amateurs. Wow. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> nice try, dude. Uh, All right. Well, <laughs> anything else that we can add to this conversation? No, if anybody has any questions about organized play, you still not, you know, Send us a message. We're, um, I am an ambassador for organized play. I he will, really is. You know, I go on the, the Reddit. There's a Adventures League Reddit. I'm tr- always trying to answer questions there because I really think it's a great part of the hobby to, yeah. to offer people the chance to play and check out D&D, chance to meet new people, meet new players. It, it's just a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. He is an ambassador, but do not give him diplomatic immunity oh, hell because no. I have diplomatic immunity <laughs> he will abuse that 
Did you guys already plug the uh, player's guide, You know, asking for advice for new players to organize play? Uh, there's a player's guide that's pretty short, and there's a, a frequently asked questions guide, both on DMs Guild, uh, that is very useful. All right. We'll have to make sure that's a link that uh, yeah, we'll that's, that's that. Greg's. And it's free. Yeah. Yeah. That's the wizard site is really good about that. If you go there, it, it runs you off to that and you can download. I that was first thing I did when I started playing AL is downloaded that uh, that guide and the quick rules. And since you're only allowed one extra book, it makes it a lot easier for you to you know, you're not overwhelmed with, oh, no, I know I got to buy all these books and do all this stuff. Now you can just pick one thing and just go real quick. Dan, Eric, Greg. What would be the book that you would refer uh, a new player to mm. as an extra? I like Xanathar's. Yeah, I mean, Xanathar's has the most, but if you want to play a weird race, you have to go with Volos. Okay. Yeah, I would probably go Volos because I like playing weird races. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, Greg, uh, I think it is uh, that's a wrap for us for this podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. So, Greg, take us out. Yeah. Hey, if you want to tell us about your uh, Adventures League experiences or want to find out uh, more about that, you can ask us questions on our Facebook page where we are the Grognards on uh, Twitter. We are at T Grognards and uh, we do get those uh, messages. And on Instagram, it's the underscore Grognards and get that one. And you can always send us a regular email. We are the gamers. No, I'm sorry, not the gamers at thegrognards.com. All right. Well, Dan, I want to thank you very much for coming in and joining us. I know you hang out a lot with uh, Greg and Eric, and I won't hold that against you. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Dean, if you're available every other Thursday, we have, a, we have a seat. I may have to give that a shot, but Thursdays also are our regular game nights in Paxton. So we'll figure something out. I'll figure something out. If I can't get my guys uh, and gals to start being regular D&D players at least once a month, I may just have to say, hey, guys, I'm out because you're out. So... All right, Thanks, Dan. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for the Grognards, I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Holly. And I'm Greg Ziegler. And I'm Dan Webb. All right, game on. <laughs> <laughs>